Welcome to the MCG Podcast. In this episode, MCG Principal Aaron Malloy, along with MCG Nurse Consultants Anita Henson and Diana Buck, discuss important factors to consider when resuming elective surgeries in your ASC. Hi, I'm your host, Leah, and I'm here with Aaron, Anita, and Diana. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having Hi. us. Good morning. Hi, thank you for having us. So, Diana, how do you know if your ASC is eligible to resume performing elective procedures at your facility? So, um, first, your ASC, you'll want to refer to the federal guidelines for opening up America again. And in there, CMS published the gating criteria to help determine if your ASC is eligible to resume those elective cases. So there will, be, there will need to be a downward trajectory of cases in your area for at least 14 days. So reach out to your local county and state health agencies first for approval, and then stay in continued contact with these authorities to monitor the COVID caseload. Because if a spike in cases occurs, your ASC may need to discontinue elective procedures again. And once you get the okay to resume, and if you've been completely closed, notify your regional CMS department and accrediting agency if applicable of your plan to reopen. There will also need to be some discussion with your leadership team on case prioritization and your capacity goal that correlates with safe social distancing procedures and the amount of PPE available at your center. So case prioritization, which cases will be scheduled first? Are you going to give priority to patients who've been canceled the longest or patients with the biggest health risk or life disruption if their surgery isn't performed soon? And then there, your capacity goal. And this may be a percentage of your surgical volume prior to closure, which will then increase over time as the COVID risk decreases. So don't rush into a full day of cases that would require full staffing and then a full surgical waiting room. Stair step into an increased surgical caseload and staff load. For example, this may not be the time to utilize the flip room approach to attempt to maximize your surgical volume. I think that's all good information that Diana's provided. You know, we're, we've been talking with the surgeons. They're obviously anxious to get back to surgery as well. They want to do it in a safe way so that their, their patients feel comfortable, the staff feels comfortable, but that we can start resuming life again. So I think just talking to the surgeons, they've likely already been looking at their, their notes and identifying patients that they want to get in sooner than later. So you can talk to the surgeon, work with your front office staff, start bringing them a little bit in a little bit ahead of time before you're really truly ready to open for patients and surgery and you know have them work with the, the surgeons so that they can get those patients scheduled ahead of time so the patients have time to go out and get the HMPs needed from their PCPs and just really feel comfortable about the whole process so that the surgery day goes smoothly. Anita, what steps need to be taken to ensure the facility is safely reopened to resume patient care? Great question, Leah. I think that it's important to not only uh, make sure that we're thinking about how to safely care for our patients, but we also need to look and make sure that our facility is safe as well. You know, if you've been closed for a while, you're going to need to do those life safety checks and those logs are gonna need to be up to date prior to bringing patients into your facility. For example, if it's been more than 30 days since your last generator load test, then this is gonna be something that you're gonna want to complete prior to resuming cases. This is also uh, a time that you're gonna want to look at and complete any deficient life safety checks and facility logs, such as your fire extinguishers need to be checked, emergency lighting, 
uh, fire door logs, your coke carts. Uh, if you uh, have malignant hyperthermia carts in your facility, you'll want to check those. The med gas panels, as well as the rest of your facility um, grounds checks that you would normally conduct on a monthly basis. You're going to want to additionally look at and complete any deficient facility preventative maintenances. So is it time for your HVAC system or your vacuum systems to be looked at and to be certified, uh, depending on when that falls on your schedule for those annual checks? This is probably a big one, is to make sure, since if you've been closed, to make sure that you have adequate medical gases. Do you have a, an adequate supply of oxygen or any of the anesthetic gases that you would use for cases? And do you have enough to handle your planned surgical case volume? Remember, deliveries may be delayed, so you may need to plan ahead in order to accommodate your volume. Is it time for emergency drills? Uh, is it time for your code blue drills or, if applicable, malignant hyperthermia drills? Those quarterly fire drills, remember, we lose, it, it's hard when we're actually in our day-to-day -day routines that we sometimes forget those quarterly fire drills and those are, are things that you can't uh, make up. So those all need to be done prior to reopening your center and resuming patient care. Okay, so as we resume elective cases, what screening procedures should be in place for staff, patients, and visitors? Right, so I can help answer that, Leah. So just because you've been given the go-ahead to reopen, it doesn't mean that the COVID infection risk has decreased, right? So you'll want to continue to screen all the people who enter your facility. Patients and their drivers will still need to be screened first during that pre-op phone call and then again upon arrival to the facility. And you'll have to decide, are you going to allow your patients to have one family member or friend with them during their visit, or will you require that their driver wait for them in the car? Um, continue to post those signs at your ASC entry doors, explaining your facility's specific restrictions, the need for masks to be worn, and then of course, how to stop the spread of disease. All staff and providers will also need to be screened prior to start of shift for fever and COVID symptoms, and you'll need to come up with a policy that determines if the employee or the provider needs to be restricted from work that day or a period of days based on the findings in the screening. Um, other staffing considerations, you know, you may have some PRN staff that rotate to COVID positive facilities like hospitals. These staff members should probably not be allowed to work at your ASD while working at these hotspots to try and eliminate the risk of exposure in their center. Those are all great comments, Diana. I think additionally, we, we also probably need to consider our vendor reps and you know students, any kind of observers. This is probably not the time to have any additional people in our facility. Uh, I realize there, there may be times where we, we do need to have a rep, but I, I think it's a time where we need to examine if, um, if it's absolutely necessary or not to have that individual in the operating room. Limit wherever possible. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. And they would, you know, need to follow the same screening procedures as everyone else if absolutely. they need to be there. Absolutely. So what facility modifications would you recommend to help adhere to social distancing guidelines as we reopen our AACs? So some facility considerations uh, that you're going to want to be aware of and take a look at. Prior to receiving patients, you need to plan on having your staff come in a day or two to prepare the ASC uh, to receive those patients. So if you've been closed for a while, you know, you're going to need to have them come in and, and get everything prepared. There's going to be 
cleaning that needs to be done. There's going to be uh, make sure that everything's in place. It's not the same as being gone or closed over the weekend and coming back into the facility on a Monday morning. How are you going to reconfigure your waiting room to allow for social distancing? So during this whole pandemic, we've heard the importance of social distancing and we still need to be mindful of that as we uh, resume our uh, care and our ASCs. So look at your, uh, your waiting area, make sure that you have moved your chairs at least six feet apart. We recommend that you eliminate that nourishment area, the coffee, where you have your coffee set out, uh, the water fountains. Uh, so this is a good time to perhaps provide the little small bottles of water and have your receptionist administer those out to, to kind of prevent any contamination in that way. Uh, the check-in process, you know, Something as simple, you may not even thought, you know, we, we're used to having a whole jar of pencils there or ink pens there. And so limit that to one so that you can, can clean that um, after each patient and make sure that the receptionist or the person that's receiving your patients uh, at the check-in is uh, actually cleaning that countertop and those surfaces in between each patient to make sure that uh, we're getting that clean. Good point. One of the, I wouldn't have thought about the pen. Pens. Yeah, I mean, that's it's great. A, it's something because think about how many people you know that I don't. I know. I know. I've never washed the, or cleaned the ink pens mm -hmm. at the at the desk, and wouldn't so think wouldn't think to. Yeah. But that is that's touching their hands, and and we don't know if they've done proper hand hygiene or what they've touched, and so some facilities are even having them just like you fill it out in your car, bring your own pen, so that right, and that's they're not even providing pens or pencils. You right. were talking about um, when you walk into a, a facility that you're visiting just on a normal consulting gig or whatever, but taking that into this train of thought, you could actually have your staff um, simulate the surgery ahead of time, have somebody come in as the patient, have their guest or visitor with them and, and have them go through the process and all the little things that, like the pens that right. you might not think of. Right, and, and I, that's a great point, Erin. I think, you know, when we are assisting centers and new development, we do, we, we practice uh, like we have a pretend patient and mm -hmm. go through and make sure, and that's a great way to make sure we have everything that we need. Mm -hmm. So that's a great, excellent point uh, that we, when you bring in those uh, coworkers back in for that day or two before, just to kind of go through the motions and, and practice because Sometimes we're doing things so much yeah. different now than what our normal routine has been so right. uh, that's great. Uh, another thing that maybe sometimes we forget, lose sight of is some of the equipment, such as your sterilizers. Uh, it, you know, if they hopefully you decommissioned those if you if you knew you were going to be closed for mm -hmm. a while, mm -hmm. and so um, that you took care of that with your reps uh, mm -hmm. prior to closure. So you're going to need to refer to the manufacturer's instructions for use. And, and get your equipment rep involved on how to safely uh, start back up any decommissioned equipment uh, so that, that you don't uh, risk doing any damage to that equipment because we all know how expensive all of our equipment yeah. is. So, uh, And then, again, don't forget, review that your facility temps and humidity data uh, for any range discrepancies that you may have had during closure. Uh, and that would also include your uh, refrigerator and freezer temperatures to ensure that uh, the integrity of your supplies has not been compromised during your closure.
Going back to the decommission, hopefully everybody did decommission their sterilizers and large equipment according to the manufacturer's guidelines or involving their reps or whatever. What if they didn't? Would you just recommend that they reach out to those vendors to? Uh, great question. I would. I would recommend. Uh, you know, and they may say they may say, well, if you've only been been shut down for two or three weeks, that it's okay. But I would. I would always err on the side of caution and make sure that you reach out to that vendor to make sure that that there isn't anything that perhaps they may need to come in and, and service that uh, equipment prior to ramping back up and using it uh, full speed. And they may be very busy as everybody is calling them, yes. so might want to give yourself a little ahead of schedule time there too. So Diana, what do you see as one of the largest challenges an ASC may face as they uh, move to resume their cases? Well, I think I think we all know our biggest concern is going to be the amount of PPE um, and possibly some other medical supplies and medications you may not have thought about that have been affected due to the pandemic. So remember, when you're reading through those um, guidelines of reopening America, the new recommendation now is that everybody, all staff, patients, visitors, will have to wear a mask at all times in the facility. Um, and now the patients can wear those homemade, you know, cloth masks that are going around now. But you'll, your facility will have to decide, are you going to require your patients to have their own masks prior to arrival, or are you going to provide masks to patients who don't have them? And of course that, you know, it may be determined by how much PPE you even have. Um, so if possible, try to work with multiple vendors to ensure the, the short and long-term availability of PPE for your center. And then how are you going to communicate this with your leadership team? Because of course the amount you have available is going to be what determines your surgical caseload. And then finally, um, along the, the line of supplies and all that, you, if you've been closed for a period of time, please don't forget to check all of your supplies, you know, in your emergency carts, your refrigerator, storage room, even your patient beverages, the Coke and the Diet Coke, you've got to check all of that for possible outdates. Um, and if you haven't ordered supplies for some time, you know, you've probably stopped all your automatic recurring orders, just take a look at your inventory par levels and make sure that they match the upcoming planned surgical volume. Um, so just take a look at all your supplies and make sure you are ready for the specific cases that are going to be uh, scheduled once you guys get going again. All right. Well, Erin, Anita, Diana, thanks for sharing your thoughts. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you, Leah. Thanks for listening to the MCG podcast. Listen to more medical industry podcasts by visiting medcgroup.com. Then click the podcast icon or subscribe on your favorite podcast provider.